Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 610 of the Juicebox Podcast. A little over a year ago, a gentleman came on the show to talk about his child's diagnosis. That man had a wife. That person is Tara, and she's here today to expand on their story. So if you want to hear the beginning part, you have to go to episode 409, Fort Matthias. But if you're all caught up, settle in and get started, because this is Tara, and she's the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you'd like to support the podcast and support people living with type 1 diabetes, all you have to do is be a U.S. citizen who is either the parent of a child with type 1 or a type 1 themselves. Go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox, fill out a quick survey that can be done from your phone while you're on the sofa, I mean, on the can even, you know what I mean? Like while you're on the toilet, t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. You'll be supporting people with type 1 diabetes and the Juicebox podcast when you complete that survey. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Now you can find out more about Touched by Type 1 on their website, touchedbytype1.org, or on their Facebook and Instagram pages. Touched by Type 1 has a mission to elevate awareness of type 1 diabetes, to raise funds to find a cure, and to inspire others to thrive. My name is Tara Cottle. I'm the wife of Chad Cottle, who did episode 409, and the mother of Matthias Cottle, who is our type 1 diabetic four-year-old. And 409 was called Fort Matthias, is that right? That is right. I know. I think I thought of that. Or somebody said it. <laughs> I don't know exactly how it happened anymore. Uh, I do remember the conversation being great and then saying, one day I would like to talk to your wife. And I guess this is you and here you are. Here I am. Yeah. Is it, um, is it, was it, what's my question? How was it listening to your husband talk about the diabetes without you having input into what was being said? Uh, it was exciting yeah. because I was, I was very proud of him. Uh, not in like a, like pat him on the back. Oh, good boy. Kind of way. But, uh, I was happy that he was able to voice his side of it, especially because he took, he took the full brunt of it. I was gone when all of it went down. So it was nice that he was able to share his story, especially being, you know, him being a dad, you know, yeah. and he's, he's the best dad that I could ever ask to be the mother of my kids, especially when, you know, crap hit the fan. He's the best dad I could ever ask to be the mother of my kids. That makes sense. <laughs> Is that what you, did you mean to say that or did it just come out naturally? It kind of just came out that way. Yeah. But you know what I meant. No, I, I actually, I think you meant that. And I sometimes, I think my wife <laughs> used to speak to me, speak about me like that too. So. Oh man. He's a good mom. I'm like, all right. Okay. Uh, so, so this is coming back to me a little bit. You were, people are like, couldn't you have just figured out what, but you know, I don't know what I'm talking about before we start recording. So you were in the military, right? Yes. And your son was diagnosed. There was some like, there was some drop. Give me, give me your side of the diagnosis. Sure. So I was actually getting ready to graduate basic training. This would have been in February of 2019. And I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be able to call home this night. Uh, but it ended up being Valentine's day night. We were able to call home and the drill sergeants were like, you're only supposed to ask like these three questions. We were only supposed to ask, like, are you coming? Do you know how to get there? And do you know what time to be there? And then we were basically supposed to hang up. But of course we always try to squeeze in conversation into a 60 second phone call. And so when I called Chad Valentine's day night, uh, I was like, Hey babe, you know, happy Valentine's day. I get the call like surprise. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. How much time do you have? And I said, well, I not long. I just have to ask these three questions. And he goes, yeah, okay. I got that. How much time do you have? And I was like, 
what's going on? You're scaring me. And he said, he's going to be okay, but we're in the ER right now. And Matthias was just diagnosed type one diabetic. Wow. And it was so out of left field. I just remember my jaw like hit the floor. And I was what? I, I cannot have heard you correctly. Did you, did you really just say that? And he said, yeah, I'm in the ER with him right now. He's like, your grandma is coming up from Florida and your mom and dad are already on the road. They're coming down from Kentucky. We were living in Georgia at the time mm-hmm. and we're, we're going to be fine. He's, we're going to be here for a few days. And he said, as long as everything goes well here, we, we should still be at your family day and your graduation. And it was in like less than a week. I think he had like three or four days before they had to hit the road right. to make it to, to Fort Jackson to get there for my family day. But uh, I learned on family day that uh, he, he wasn't going to tell me at first. And to give context to that, um, because it was so close to my graduation, he, the only way he was going to be able to contact me was through Red Cross message. And he was terrified that if he sent a Red Cross message and that I received it, uh, that they would pull me out of training. And that was just going to delay my graduation, which, you know, overall, I would have, I would have been away from home longer. I see. And so I, I did tell him after the fact, I was like, I completely understand that, you know, I, I understand why you went about it the way you did. If it had been like, right after I had left for basic and was gone for, you know, the three months or what have you. And then he didn't tell me that whole time. Yeah. Words definitely would have, would have been spoken. (laughs) But he was making a good decision because it would have kept you there longer in this moment. That's interesting. Hey, I want to digress for a half a second for people who say they miss hearing Basil snore on the podcast. I think we just heard Tara's dog drink about a gallon of water during the story she told. Am I right about that, Tara? Uh, yeah, it <laughs> no, might have been Sawyer. Which yeah. is, no, don't be sorry. That's why you don't hear Basil snoring anymore because I moved away from where the dogs are. I, but I still, <laughs> I still get notes like I miss Basil snoring. I'm like, mm, I don't miss editing out all the noise. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, but <laughs> but um, okay. So this is kind of fascinating in that I don't have any military knowledge. So you're in basic training. It sounds like for three months. There's a graduation date, you have very little contact with the outside world or your family. And so your husband has to make the decision. Like if I tell her that this is happening, like there's no special circumstances where he just calls a number and says, Hey, you guys got my wife over there in basic training. And my kid has type one diabetes. Now, like there's no, it doesn't turn into a, a more human interaction. It stays very military and by the rules, no matter what's going on. And then if you need to have that conversation, then you have to break away from what you're doing, which elongates your time there. I'm understanding that right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I had a friend whose grandfather died when we were in basic together. And the only way she found out was through Red Cross message. And then, and that's just like a, a note, like it's, it makes it feel like a telegram when you say it like that, but it just, comes, <laughs> it just comes written to you or somebody, how does that work? If that happens? Um, so yeah, they, they contact through Red Cross message. I've never actually had to do it before, but um, there was a drill sergeant who pulled, who pulled her aside and I went with her as her battle buddy because you can't be alone uh, during basic training. So I went with her as her battle buddy to go talk with the drill sergeant. And I kind of stepped back because I realized what was happening and they handed her a sheet of paper and you know, they said, you know, we're sorry for your loss. You know, if you, if you want to try and call home, uh, they, they afforded her that opportunity and she was able to call home. Wow. Okay. So the, the time that your husband imagines works out and they're able to come to your graduation. Yes. Thank God. Yeah. So you see your son with type one diabetes for the first time at that moment. I'm wondering what that was like. Cause it's gotta be an emotional day aside from that. Mm-hmm. Was it- uh, I don't think it, I don't think at first it really hit me. I could tell that he didn't feel very well. He wasn't his, he, he was coming back to life right. essentially, but uh, he was just eating nonstop. So whenever we went to go get something to eat for that family day, he was just constantly, you know, scuffing stuff down. 
And uh, now, you know, he was, Matthias was trying to eat or getting ready to eat. And it was long before we found like juice box podcasts or anything like that. So my husband's, you know, pulling out the syringes, taking out the, the meter, you know, to prick his finger and everything like that. And my mom is type one diabetic. She's been type one since she was four, around four or five. So it was something that I was used to seeing, but now it's my own kid. Was it completely and that, different? It was completely different at that point. Yeah. yeah. I just, I kind of just had to sit there and be like, what, what is happening? Do you, but, did you know how, I mean, I know you've had seen it with your mom the whole time, but did you honestly know anything about it? Uh, I knew enough to help her out if she needed it. But in terms of her day-to-day care, I mean, she had been doing it for like two, three decades at that point. Mm-hmm. So I only intervened when, uh, when it was necessary, basically. Did your mom have any real emergencies while you were growing up? When I was 12, I think I was 12. So this would have been mid 2000s. Uh, there was one night, my dad's been in rock and roll bands since before I was born. And he was gone one night playing a gig. And so whenever he would be gone, play a gig that night, I would stay in the room with my mom. And it just so happened this one particular night, I'll never forget it. Uh, I watched the clock strike 12 at midnight and then I felt the bed start shaking and her, I looked over at her and her arm was shaking and she couldn't really talk. She, she wasn't having, it wasn't like a full blown seizure, but her, her body was definitely like, yo, you, you need to do something. And so thankfully uh, we had talked about it before. And so I ran over to her nightstand and I got her, uh, I remember if something soft that she could eat or I don't think it was juice in her nightstand or anything, but uh, I helped her get that down and helped her check her sugar and called 911. And then uh, in like, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes, an ambulance showed up just to check her and she was okay. I had a hard time listening to that story because you said that you were 12 in the mid 2000s and it made me feel really old. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I got so confused. I was like, I'm like, no, wait, no one's young then like i was like oh god tara how old are you i'm 28 oh my god terrible terrible for me (laughs) it's good for you um so you've got this experience with your mom does that come into your head once you realize your son has type one it does because at that point that's all that i had to go on right so did so was that your expectation or I mean, what could you even, this is a weird question, but could you even enjoy that day or is that day lost? Oh, no, we were still very much able to enjoy it. Matthias was, he was smiling at some point. Uh, I was able to just kind of sit with him and hold him. We didn't really walk around a whole, a whole lot of places. We just kind of sat there and enjoyed, enjoyed finally being together, Mm -hmm. you know, after it was like 10 weeks, uh, so I was finally able to kind of feel like a mom again, which I hadn't felt like a mom in a long time at that point. Right. And then, so we had our family day and then the next day was graduation. And because of some scheduling mishaps with the battalion that I was assigned to, uh, we got one extra day, which never, ever happened. Hmm. But their their loss was my game. So I obviously took the extra day. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, I'm remembering and, Ch- Ch- Chad, Chad? Is in the military as well, right? Or was? Yes. It, yeah, he still is. He is. And are you as well? Yes. Okay. So how does that work? Like for scheduling and like, are you not home for stretches of time? Is he not home for stretches of time? So he's active duty and I am in the reserve. Okay. So uh, where we're in the middle of PCSing, which means permanent change of station. We actually just got to Texas uh, this week. So uh, I finished up my annual training with my unit in Georgia mm-hmm. and then kind of just, you know, waved at everybody and said, you know, I'll see you later. And so I'm in the middle of trying to transfer units right now. That way I can stay local to the unit just because it's easier for the kids. Because if not, then, the next time you have to go back, you have to go back to Georgia. Yes. Okay. And Chad, and so, Chad's in Texas. He's, he's active in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just finished his uh, his uh, like job as a recruiter 
in the army. Mm-hmm. The army kind of made him do it. He didn't really want to, but so now he's back here. And once his leave is over here in like the next week or so, uh, he'll be going back to his regular, his regular, uh, army job as a cab scout. What is that? A uh, cavalry scout. They're like the eyes and the ears of the commander on the battlefield. Okay. Yeah. Project manager. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to look at it it's an odd way to look at it but it's the first thing that i thought of um and what did you, what was your specialty when what, what do you do so i'm an intel analyst interesting does that help mm-hmm. with the diabetes at all um it can now that uh it's another way that i've learned to think critically about the information that i have mm-hmm. So I can, I'm getting better at being able to go, okay, what is happening here? And then what are the changes that need to occur so that this low or this high doesn't happen again? Kind of. Gotcha. Are you having luck with that? Are you having more long stretches of stability with blood sugars? I think we're in the middle of his basal needing to be changed Mm -hmm. because I had to bump it up the other night and it worked fantastic. And I was like, okay, I might be onto something. And then last night, uh, it was causing him to try and go low a little bit. So we'll just have to tinker with it some more until we get it stable again. Yeah, no kidding. Um, has your mom, because your mom's diagnosed in a different era of diabetes, obviously, but has she had any insight that's been valuable or has it been the opposite and what you're learning about Matthias is helping your mom or do you guys not talk about it? Oh, we talk about it all the time. Okay. All the time. Uh, especially when he was, you know, first diagnosed because I wasn't home. Like I saw them for the three days and then I left Fort Jackson in South Carolina. And then I went to Fort. Tara, you broke up. She'll be back. She has a little bit of a connection issue. If I had a bugle, I could play Reveille while we were waiting, but no, I'll try with my hands. Tara? That's all I remember, and I don't know if that was right. All right, she's going to bounce back in a second. Hello? You left Fort Jackson. Yes. (laughs) So I left Fort Jackson. My bad. No, don't worry about it. I'm assuming that... um, they moved you into the middle of like the Texas desert or something like that. Are you like out West or where are you at? <laughs> no, we're in a uh, clean right outside Fort hood. Okay. Well, they need better yeah. internet there. They do. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Um, I just, I just moved my phone to the opposite side of the house. So hopefully that'll help. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I have my fingers crossed, but you were saying you had just left Fort Jackson, which made me think of Janet Jackson's song where she calls herself Miss Jackson. And then you disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i left fort jackson and then went to arizona and i was there from i think the, the end of february until the end of june and then i finally came home uh the end of june of 2019 and that's when i really started to be able to dive dive into uh matthias's care and my mom's my mom's perspective and her experience and everything with that she had already told chad so much but even in AIT where I got a little bit more freedom, I could call home every night if I wanted, mm-hmm. uh, that there's just so much time that, you know, we had to do for learning our job and whatnot, that it didn't really happen all that often. So okay. when that- I, when I was finally able to go home, I called my mom probably every day or at least texted her and was like, okay, I'm doing this just as like another witness while Chad was gone at work. Like, oh. Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this. So uh, Does that sound okay? pray for me. Wish me luck. <laughs> Did anybody <laughs> Did have any? Right? Yeah. Uh, if anybody has any uh, reasons why these two shouldn't get married, speak now. If like, if anybody has a thought, I want to hear it right this second. It, so you felt very exactly. uncer- uncertain for a while. For for probably the first few days, at least. Yeah. Uh, just where this was. This wasn't, you know, helping my mom who could tell me yes or no. This was helping my two year old who could barely say hello, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, when Chad left for work the first day after I got back home, he, he looked at me and he was like, so 
I'm, I'm not trying to sound like I don't trust you, but please call me every time you're going to bolus, every time you're going to feed him that way I can be like, yes, no, heck no. What are you doing? So on and so forth. And I was, he, I was like, that's perfectly fine because I don't want him to go into the hospital again. Right. And especially if it be my fault. Yeah, I don't want it to so. be my fault. Let's <laughs> let it be your fault. Um, if it's gonna happen. <laughs> Interesting. How long was Chad the sole caregiver of the diabetes before you were home? Uh, so February, March, April, May, June. About four, four months, okay. give or take. Okay. Yeah. So by then it must have been incredibly difficult for him to just hand Matthias over to a different person. Like, forget that it was you just that the, to a mm-hmm. different person. Once he probably started feeling like I understand this a little bit and I know how mm-hmm. hard it was to figure out this much. And now she's going to start over. And then the specter of what could go wrong just lives in your head. That's a, that's interesting. You guys didn't actually get to do it at the same time, but looking back, mm-hmm. do you think that was a benefit or do you think it, slowed down your progress? I think it ended up being a long-term benefit because it forced me to have to be able to eventually do this on my own. Okay. And you got, and you got the benefit of what he had figured out already. So you weren't starting at zero. You started a little bit in the, on the plus side, but does what he says jive with how you think, or do you have to remaster it for yourself? She's gone again. And that was such a good question. Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Givoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. If you're looking for an online community, look no further than Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. It's a group that is private and has over 20,000 people in it, just like you, sharing support and knowledge. It's absolutely free. It's a great resource. I hope you take advantage of it. Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. And don't forget, take that survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. You'll help people with type 1 diabetes and you'll help yourself. You'll even help the podcast. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. Are you looking for the diabetes pro tip episodes? Look no farther than diabetespro-tip.com. You can also find them at juiceboxpodcast.com. You can find them in your podcast player and there are extensive lists on the Facebook page, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. If you've been searching for those Diabetes Pro Tip episodes, the Defining Diabetes series, the Diabetes Variable series, Ask Scott and Jenny. There are so many resources around using insulin on the Juice Box podcast. You just have to know where to look. All right, show's going to start again. You ready? You know I'm going to get Tara back. Connection's going to be fine. Everything's good. Here we go. I don't want to forget the question. All right. What I said was, you guys should try talking off the top of your head like this for an hour. It's not easy. Um, Did hearing his thing make it easier? And what happens when... I'm not doing the bugle thing again, in case you're wondering. It's not happening. And I'm just talking to myself, because you're not ever going to hear this. (laughs) Don't wake up her internet. That's the second part of it. I only know this from MASH. God, you know I'm going to end up leaving this in. 
Hey, Scott. Hey, get some tinfoil, wrap it around your head. Right? <laughs> I think I think what I'm going to do, just to see if this will make it easier, is I'm going to use my phone as a hotspot, because I should still have Zoom on my laptop. Okay. And I'll hotspot my laptop with my phone and try and jump on there, and hopefully it won't it won't keep disconnecting. Because we have T-Mobile, and T-Mobile is apparently not super good in this area. <laughs> Perfect for you. So, right? <laughs> um, yeah, do you, you need to jump off and jump back on? I'll see if I can sign in on here. Okay. And then... I had such a good question. Just re- I'm like, just all I'm doing is sitting here trying to remember my question. <laughs> okay. I'll stay quiet. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've, already pl- <laughs> I've already played Reveille on my hand bugle twice. So... Nice. As much as I could remember from MASH. Oh, I used to watch MASH sometimes. Yeah, you're young. You wouldn't enjoy it. I loved MASH. I just remember that radio was the only original character. Radar. Or Radar. Did I say radio? My yeah. bad. But he's not the only original character. Oh, you mean the only I original actor from the movie? That actor. You- yes, yes. Yeah. All Oops. right, let me see. Pull up my email here. Of course, my email's taking forever. Juice box. Click oh, this need, link. Oh, you need the link, yeah. Join meeting. Oh, my mom just texted me. How's the podcast hey, going? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to admit you, but we're going to get some weird sound stuff. You should jump off on the phone now. Okay. All right. What about now? Uh, we'll have to talk for a second to find out. Um, Alrighty. Let me... Uh, let me ask my question again. We'll see where that goes. Okay. So I was wondering if Chad's experiences were helpful for you in the beginning, because sort of like a launch spot. But but then I was more interested in whether his stuff one to one translated to you, or if you had to kind of hear what he was saying and then re-engineer it so that it worked for your brain. I definitely had to do some relearning just from growing up with my mom as a type one. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, cause now I was the caregiver or one of the caregivers. And with my mom, I wasn't, I was, you know, I was there to help her if she needed it, but most of the time she didn't. So when it came to some of the advice that my mom would give, it wasn't that she was wrong. It was just, that's how she had always done it. And she's a grown woman not a you know a two-year-old so there were things that we had to you know figure out okay what if we take her advice but just like re-engineer it kind of to like use your words uh right so that it would so that it would work for matthias especially when he was still uh mdi okay so he it's interesting so your husband has no background in diabetes at all he at least knows your mom had it and has it and understands your way is Chad like in a normal situation where all three of you were together, if this happened, who would this have fallen to? I think it would have been fairly split okay. between the both of us. That's, that's how it is pretty much now. So you think even in that moment, you guys would have split the duties up. It wouldn't have been like, here, this is more you or more him. Yeah, I think it would have it would have still been 50-50 as much as possible. Okay, cool. So you guys do everything like that? With, you mean everything with like life. The type 1 no, or just, just life? Life uh, in general. I think when I think when we recognize hey, someone is more up to speed in this area, we kind of we kind of let the other person teach us, mm-hmm. you know, or or vice versa. And then when it's time for our, the other person to step up to the plate, we're like, all right, you know, go out there and do your thing. Right. Okay. And then. So you guys have a good relationship we like this. The army help you with mm-hmm. that, that idea of working in a team. More so now, because a lot of the, a lot of the ways that he talks, uh, some of the, just the lingo and just the way that his mind works now, he's been in for 10 years at this point. Mm-hmm. And so now that, now that I've gone through basic and AIT and I've just been uh, with my unit for a couple years now, uh, there's conversations that we're able to have that flow more easily just because we are both in the military now. Yeah. 
I imagine. Are you guys planning on having other children? Uh, so when Chad did his episode, uh, I was getting ready to have our second born. Oh. Tell people. Yeah. How old is the baby now? He is six months old. Wow. Good for you. It's exciting. Or is it not? Yeah. Is it a lot of work? And you're like, oh, my God, what did I do? <laughs> oh, no. It's it's definitely exciting. It is a lot of work. I mean, I've never had two kids before. So. Yeah. Are you. Um, do you have a level of concern about your newest for type one? Or how does that strike you? We really don't. I mean, we're aware of it. But it's we're not plagued by the paranoia of it, okay. and we're we're doing our best to keep it that way. Uh, when we found out that I was pregnant, we we talked about doing the testing to try and figure out like what like what chances he would have of uh, developing it, mm-hmm. and then we kind of just let the conversation go and just kind of enjoyed you know getting ready to have a second baby. And then after he was born, we talked about it again and we, we just kind of determined we're, you know, we're more aware of like the symptoms and kind of what to look for. So we weren't going to, we weren't going to what could be just wasting time, yeah. just waiting, you know, to end up having to take him to the ER. And that kind of came, that was one area where my mom was really able to help because when I was born, you know, it, it was pretty rare for a type one diabetic to have a healthy pregnancy, let alone uh, the baby end up not having any complications or anything like that. So when I was born and then as I started growing up, my mom would take me to the pediatrician and she would ask, you know, what are the chances of, of Tara developing type one? And my pediatrician always told her, there's a test that you can do to to find out, but unless you unless you really really want to know, she might never ever develop it. They said that there was probably like less than a four percent chance that I would ever develop it. Mm-hmm. So, my doctor's advice to my mom was just enjoy the time because if you do the test and you spend all that time wondering, you're you're going to be seventy and your daughter's going to be fifty. And you're going to be on your deathbed going, man, I didn't get to enjoy any of the childhood because I was just waiting for the tragedy, quote unquote. And I'm almost 30 and I've I've never in no way developed it. Right. So she just was able to take that advice and and live that way. And you're going to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, I listen. I think there's there's a couple of different ways to think about it. And I feel like all of them are very valid. Um. And that, you know, what you just described is one way that I hear people talk about it. So I think that's perfect. I was just wondering your perspective on it. Um, mm-hmm. That's uh, that's something. So you guys have a young family. You've just relocated relocated to Texas. Do you think you're going to get to stay in Texas or do you think you're going to have to bounce again? We'll have to bounce again, but we'll be in Texas for at least a few years. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um, is that just standard military life? That's never going to change? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And so, okay. So Chad's active, so he might have to move around a lot, which makes you have to get, find your way into the reserves wherever he lands. And are you in military housing or do you own your own house? How does that work? We actually just bought our first house. We closed on it this week. And you're in it right now. We're outside of it. (laughs) Yeah. We're just waiting for our household goods. So we're, we're still working with the air mattress situation and, and all that good stuff. Is, is Matthias having fun? Is it like sleeping over for a while? Yeah. He seems to be enjoying himself. We actually just got him his first actual like big boy bed, not toddler themed or anything. So, so he's not sleeping in his little monkey uh, sleeping bag anymore. (laughs) (laughs) What's he about? Like five or six now? He's four now. Four. Wow. Why, why did time feel like it moved faster for me than... Like, I was just thinking about... I guess it was only 2020 when Chad was on. Mm-hmm. I See, I think I think ahead so much about the podcast. In my mind, it's 2022 already. So um, <laughs> I'm, like, adding two years to his age and thinking, like, he's got to be five or six, right? Uh, so he's four. So how is he doing? Like, how is how is diabetes going? Uh, it 
it's going pretty well. Uh, he had his last endo appointment uh, in Atlanta. It was two. It was last Friday. And his A1C, I think it was 5.5, wow. I think is what Chad told me. That's so cool. With like, I think like 80 to 90% time in range, somewhere around there. I, I like that it's so uh, much in the fives that you're like, I don't know. It's like a five and a half, something <laughs> like that. Um, but so Chad took him to his appointment. You were not with him. Was that, is that kind of normal? Does just one of you do it? Do you not usually both go? Uh, normally because the, the couple times that I've had to take him, Chad would be working at his recruiting station. And then this past time Chad had to take him because it was my last day of annual training with my unit. So I had to go there. Okay. So whoever's available goes, I'm yeah. thinking, I don't think Kelly's been to like maybe three appointments ever, like in total, oh, really? like it just doesn't work that way for us. Like she's usually working and, and I'm doing stuff like that. Um, so that's uh, interesting. Like you guys can just easily switch off and, and back and forth. So does he come home and like, I guess not, right? Like things are going well. It's not like he comes home and gives you the report. I guess you just are like, how'd it go? <laughs> Is it kind of like that? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if if there's there's always like the paperwork that the endos will give, you know, at the end of the appointment. And so I might look over the paperwork and, you know, make sure that whatever prescriptions uh, need to be renewed were on there and whatnot. But before we moved, we actually were pretty fortunate and we got a buttload of pods and Dexcoms and we got a handful of, you know, new vials of insulin and stuff. So, so we were set for when we were getting ready to hit the road. And plus, no matter how good Chad is at this, he's still a boy. So you have to double check on him because, right. I mean, we do. No, he, He's very much, so I cannot brag on Chad enough. I really can't. Uh, whenever I tell people about our, you know, our little experience with Matthias's diagnosis, I, I have to remind people, be like, I was gone. You know, Chad really had to step up to the plate and make it work. And he did in more ways than, than I could have ever imagined. And so then when they came for my family day, right after Matthias's diagnosis, I could not hug him and hold him and just tell him enough. I'm thankful that he is Matthias's dad and not some, some other man who, whether it be due to fear or just a lack of concern would not have handled it as, as well and continues to handle it as well as Chad does. Yeah. I I remember being really impressed when I was talking with him and, um, even your your recollection of it makes that more so for me. So that sounds very sweet, but you could kill me like six different ways, right? Tara, they taught you all kinds uh, uh, of stuff. No, that's not really my job. <laughs> they don't make you understand it a little bit? Yeah, I understand it, but I'm not I'm not like boots on the ground. That's not that's not my game. All right. But I feel like if I ran at you, you would punch me in the face and I'd fall over. Is this true or no? Or do you think uh, you'd just like, do you think you'd run away and be like, I'm trying to analyze data. Could someone stop this guy from running at me? <laughs> I'm throwing my clipboard at you. <laughs> I've analyzed the situation and someone with a gun better get over here. <laughs> right. No, like real talk. Like if it's, if the fight is getting bad enough to where I have to pull out my rifle, then we're, we're losing big time. <laughs> not, not because... You know, not because, you know, I don't even know how to describe it, but that's, that's just not my, I'm not outside the wire. When the, when the people have to go find their gun and and it's under something that those are not the people you want involved. Exactly. Everyone else has died. Yeah. I think mine's (laughs) under the bunk. Hold on a second. Can everybody wait? Just I don't remember where I put it. Yeah. And I have to save this thing I'm working on. I don't want to lose all this work. Uh, Right. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) So the military really is just like a big business, right? People just do different things and there's different sections and people who don't know one thing about the other side of something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense it's just that, you know, in your mind, you're like, it's, it's hard to imagine for somebody who's never been involved in it. Um, yeah, in the movies, everyone, everyone in the movies is infantry and that's just not true. I mean, we're all taught, you know, basic combat training, but. Right. Gotcha. Maybe you could get out of a scuffle in a Seven Eleven, okay? Better than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see yeah, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of there's something great about 
just understanding how to protect yourself a little bit. That is a, it's interesting to me. Do you think that looking forward, I know this is tough. You're such a young family, but Matthias can't join the military, right? No. Do you think that's going to be an issue one day? I have thought about it. Um, he he has definitely pulled out like his little Nerf guns and be like, Mama, I'm a soldier like you and Daddy. And it like warms my heart. And then, you know, you kind of have that moment where you're like, ah, but you can't really be one. But he's four. So you don't just kind of, yeah, you just kind of let him run with it. I mean, right. I mean we definitely don't want to be the parents who go, you know, you have type one, like you can't do this. Like we let him, we let him do stuff like every other four-year-old and we just try to manage it so that he can do all of those things. And if we have to call him over to give him a tab or something, it's two seconds out of his playtime. And then he just goes right back over. I imagine there's a time when he'll have better understanding that you'll, that you'll say it to him differently. But I, I have to agree. I don't know that trying to explain to a four-year-old that you can't serve in the military because of diabetes is a, is a valuable use of anybody's time or effort. Um, no. Yeah, because he's not going to take it correctly. And then he's going to start wondering what else he can't do. And it, it just happens that he picked the one thing that he can't do, like to ask you about. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't want to give him the feeling mm-hmm. that there's so many other things because I can't think of anything else, really. Um, you know, even the being a pilot thing seems to be going the right way. Um, we have told him that. As he went through a big plane phase, we live near an airport in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And every day, he's like, Mama, there's a plane. I'm like, you want to be a pilot, bud? You go ahead and you be a pilot. He's like, okay, I'll be a pilot. <laughs> it's so great <laughs> when they're little. You can pretty much get them to say or do anything. <laughs> like, you want to be a pilot? He was in, he was in, uh, we got him enrolled into like a Taekwondo class okay. last October. And so he did Taekwondo at this at this uh, studio not too far from our house up until we moved. Was he enjoying it? Oh yeah. He loved it. He was actually able to be accelerated uh, so that he could get his tiny tiger black belt before we moved. Oh, that's cool. Tiny tiger black belt is probably yeah. the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. That's amazing. So he's just out there rolling around with other four-year-olds and they're like working on moves and trying to understand like the real basic stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. How was that on his blood sugar? Uh, it was it was pretty well. We definitely tried to do our best to monitor it when he first got there, just because we didn't know exactly how the class was going to work. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, there would be times it was only for thirty minutes, so I mean, we weren't able to see any super long term effects uh, because he would be running for an hour or anything like that. Yeah. But especially if there were days where they did the obstacle course that they had set up for more than 10, 15 minutes, you could sometimes start to see, okay, we got to, we got to pull back or push forward on the basal, just kind of whatever, especially with him being so small. He is little. How much does he weigh? Uh, He's around 40, I think 40 pounds now. Oh, I remember my kids being small like that. It's so nice. Um, (laughs) It's hard to to look I'm starting to get to that age where it's like pretty obvious I can't have kids you know what I mean and and you're like <laughs> just because of my age and I, I don't I don't want to be 75 at someone's like you know assuming I can make it to 75 I don't want to be 75 at somebody's like high school graduation um so it's, <laughs> it, it and it's sad like you think like oh like I never thought we were going to have more kids and yet now knowing that it really can't happen or won't happen is it makes you think back to all this stuff. It's interesting to hear you talk about. It. Do you think he'll keep doing the Taekwondo? Will you find, will you look for a dojo in Texas? Uh, yeah, he said he wants to keep doing it. So I'm actually trying to get into jujitsu once we get settled down and, you know, like redo our budget. Mm-hmm. And so if he doesn't want to do Taekwondo, you know, he, he has told me he wants to try jujitsu. Not that he knows what the differences are. Right. But uh, they have kid classes at the gym that I was looking at. So if he wants to try that, he can do that. Cool. He said he wanted to do a dance class at one point, and I was like, you could, but we've already paid for Taekwondo, so let's just keep doing that. He's like, okay. Let's finish something up first, and then we'll start a new thing. Oh, wait till you see. I was just telling – I was just yesterday on the phone ordering training equipment that my son needs, and the guy – and I'm 
looking at the price and I'm like, Oh my God, like, all right, I'm like getting ready to give the guy the credit card. And I, I just said to him, he's a younger guy. And I was like, look, you're going to have kids one day and they're going to want to play baseball maybe. And just remember if that happens that 20 years later, you're still going to be involved in buying stuff for baseball, standing on fields, getting weird tans, uh, not going on vacation <laughs> because that's when baseball is played. I was like, that's a big step. I was like, when your kid asks for baseball, like really make sure you mean to say yes, because it's like a lifelong, if you keep playing, it's a, it's a lifelong, you know, commitment. Uh, mm. I like the idea about the jujitsu. Like you just like skip a class and go on vacation and come back and do it again. That sounds that sounds enticing to me. I'm starting to think if I could go back in time, I'd be like, what about this? <laughs> you, you know, like, uh, would you like to look over here instead? I didn't realize when I was young that um, baseball gets played when everyone's on vacation. So if you play baseball, you don't go on vacation. Like, mm -hmm. like little I had a lot like of that. summers playing baseball. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just like, wow. And plus my arms get really tan and then my shoulders are white and I look silly when I take my shirt off. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, well, you guys have a really, I mean, for as crazy as your launch into this was now's going pretty smoothly. Like, so what is it you're doing? That's, that's working. So, well? I mean, five, five for a, a four-year-old is pretty impressive. Uh, having your podcast and your resources has definitely been the biggest help. Chad introduced it to me, uh, when I was in AIT back in uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. And so, and then uh, he got Matthias set up on the Dexcom. And so he introduced me to like the share app and everything with that. But uh, I was gone and in class so often for learning my job that I didn't really get to watch his sugar throughout the day. Okay. And so I was more, it was more just kind of uh, Chad learning stuff at home and implementing it you know, like the same day or shortly after, and then telling me like, Hey, I learned about this today. I, I'll never forget when he told me about pre-bolusing. It rocked my world. Really? How, how so? It rocked my world. Uh, cause it with, with my mom, pre-bolusing was never a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it was just, it wasn't like a bad word or anything. It was just, it wasn't a concept. Yeah. And so then when Chad told me, he was like, hey, you know, like I heard this podcast and this guy talks about pre-bolusing. And I was like, what in the world? What is that? And he said, you give the insulin before they eat and you try to time it so that when the insulin starts working, it kind of like fights the carbs in the food. And I was like, that's genius. It's like, why is this not a thing? Like, why don't they teach you that coming out of the hospital? Right. And he's like. Well, he's like, I kind of get why they don't do it, but it's definitely more useful than waiting for him to go high and they go, oh, okay, now he needs this much. And then, and then just missing it all together. Yeah. And so then the pre-bolusing was definitely the biggest help. And we got him on the Omnipod Dash, like the week I got home from AIT. So that was my first appointment uh, that I went to. And actually, funny story. Jenny Smith was the one who taught us and trained us for the Omnipod. You used integrated for that? Uh, I had no idea what it was at the time. She was just the one who was at uh, Children's Hospital of Atlanta. And we walked in for our appointment to get him set up on the pod. And she was like, hi, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Jenny Smith. I'm going to be training you for the Omnipod today. And then it was probably a week or two later, I guess Jenny was on one of your episodes and Chad was like, I think this is the same Jenny who helped us with the Omnipod. I have to tell and you, I was like, what? It, it's very likely not. Jenny doesn't live in Atlanta. Really? Yeah. You I might have whether... a different Jenny Smith. Is there another Jenny Smith out there that works in diabetes? Please contact me. Super interesting Please. episode. Yeah. Uh, Jenny lives in Wisconsin. I thought maybe she had just like traveled for something and was in the area or something. I don't know. A tiny woman. Very yeah. petite. Jenny was in it. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask her if she was in Atlanta doing something. And that was it. Please that, do. That would be crazy. It would have been, it would have been the summer of t uh, 2019. All right. I'll like ask in her. July. She's going to laugh. She laughs every time I ask her something. So she'll laugh. <laughs> and then she'll be either telling me like, that was me or no, that was not me. And I will let you know. Um, it's going to be more intriguing if it wasn't her. Because now I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, who was that? <laughs> it's another Jenny. 
And she te- and did she work for the hospital or for the for Omnipod? I'm I'm really not sure. That was the only time that we ever met her. Yeah, Jenny? every every other time we went there, uh, it was either his regular endo or one of the like. All right, so I'm going to tell you, it's likely not her because she doesn't work for an institution and she doesn't work for Omnipod. So, gotcha. If but that is fascinating, the other Jenny Smith. I swear it was a Jenny Smith. We might have knocked off the title of the episode and come up with another one. Interesting. Because I remember she she was also on the Omnipod because Matthias was trying to mess with her PDM. And we're like, buddy, you're like, no, dude, don't do that. You're going to mess it up. And she's like, ah, he can't hurt it. And I was like, because at first I thought it was just like a demo Omnipod she that she wearing. had. And then, it, and then I realized, no, it was actually her pump. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. So I'm now Googling because I'm fascinated. <laughs> was, was she... Does she have dark hair? She did. Yeah, I don't. It's the, so that's definitely not Jenny. Jenny has lighter hair, but I'm uh, looking okay. at a LinkedIn profile. Jenny Smith, clinical services manager, diabetes nurse educator, Georgia, clinical service manager for Insulate starting in 2019. Insulate makes Omnipod. Okay, Jenny, if you want to be on the podcast and you ever hear this. You can come on because now I want to talk to you about this. Oh, uh, this is like Jenny Inception. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> are you just, you're not just over there trying to name the episode at this point, are you? I'm not. No. Because <laughs> Jenny Inception <laughs> is tight. That's going to be it. That one I wrote down. <laughs> you knocked there you off go. The, you knocked off the little tiger black belt one. But anyway, uh, now I'm just interested in the power of the podcast. I'm not, now I'm interested if I hear from Jenny Smith, who works for Omnipod. Um, I want to find out if it reaches her or not. Isn't that fascinating? Okay. That is. Yeah. yeah. And it's got to be a common name, no? Jennifer it Smith? It might be. I mean, Jennifer was pretty common for me growing up, and then Smith is just a common last name altogether. Yeah. I can't wait to tell Jenny about this. She's going to be like... Please do. Oh, she's going to be just like enthralled with this idea. Um, so you're so just pre-bolusing was a big deal to you very much so and not something anyone else had talked to you about Mm -mm. okay um and now moving forward i mean a five five indicates a really good grasp or you're having a lot of lows and you're not telling me but i don't think that's the case so (laughs) no so you have a, a firm grasp of what you're doing i like to think so I mean, you have to, if you're five, five, I mean, he's not eating like sawdust or something, right? Like he's eating food. (laughs) (laughs) You're not feeding him just like, you know, here, eat this. It'll fill your belly. It's like real, like he's eating like a fairly like America. I mean, you're in Texas, right? Like you probably eat, like you probably kill things with your hands and then cook it on a grill and stuff like that. (laughs) Like you've been in Texas five seconds. You're like, I don't know what they do here. (laughs) (laughs) We were here once before. Chad, Chad's actually been stationed here before, but uh, I only lived here with him for two months, and then we PCS to Hawaii where Matthias was actually born. That sounds better. Not that Texas yeah. sounds bad, but Hawaii sounds great. Um, was- yeah. Okay, so, I mean, but he's eating a fairly American diet, I imagine? Uh, yeah, we do try to keep it more healthy. Like, instead of just shoving uh, glucose tabs down his throat figured out we could give him a handful of grapes, like however many. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it essentially worked the same way. So that yeah. way he wasn't getting just straight sugar. He was also getting some nutrition. So try to sneak it in when we can. Right. I heard somewhere recently that the grapes hit pretty hard on the glycemic, their glycemic loads pretty hard. Um, or that might've been anecdotal. Um, but it makes sense to me that it would work for a low. And if he can eat them, then cool. You know, yeah, I, I agree better than a than a tablet. But I mean, seriously, so you have like stability overnight at a lower number, I'd imagine. Right. Yeah, um, with the exception of uh, I think his basal, we're just in that funky time where it might need to be adjusted again. Okay. Uh, for a while, it was at about a quarter unit throughout the night. And that seemed not, I'd say about nine times out of 10, that seemed to work unless we just missed, you know, some protein or fat from dinner and then we'd have to fight that off forever. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying like, generally speaking, you see stability. I'm just guessing, do you, because maybe I'm wrong, but do you see stability overnight more in the eighties and nineties than not? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, because a five, five, the way you get to a five, five is pretty, is pretty 
common. You have to have, <clears throat> excuse me, overnight stability that's more in the 80s. You have to not see a lot of spikes at mealtime. And you have to be in a situation where you're not correcting a lot of lows with food. Does that describe your life? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. You got all that from the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> cool. I, that's really amazing. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what else Chad, to say. Chad also found the uh, Sugar Surfing book a long time ago. Okay. And so and so he read that, and that really helped him. Good. Uh, and then I, we actually learned, well, I, I relearned the other day, the doctor who wrote that book, uh, he's actually just over in Temple, which is like 45 minutes away from here. So we're definitely going to try and get him as Matthias's endo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's in Texas. He was on the show like at the very beginning of the show. Um, I remember that. Yeah, I, I it's been like it's got to be seven years ago. Um, but I always enjoy telling the story that like he was only on because listeners asked for him. Like I didn't I had never heard of him before. Not to say that that's a, a, a distinction, but I just didn't know who he was. And a couple of listeners said, can you get this guy? He wrote this book and he comes on and he's talking. And I remember being 10, 15 minutes into the episode and just like blurting out to him, like, you do what I do. You just call it something like I was. It struck me in that I was like, oh, my God, like he, he knows this, too. I was like, this is so cool. You, you know, so really interesting. And and um, by all accounts, a lovely man. So uh that if you could get him, I think that that would be really great. I mean, he, you'd probably he'd walk in, you'd walk in there, and he'd be like, "Yeah, you guys know what you're doing," and that'd be that. <laughs> it, um, but no, I mean, now that you have some proximity to him, that'd be really cool. Excellent. Well, I'm just thrilled you guys are doing well. Like your story is incredibly uncommon in the way it happened, but it's fascinating in in how quickly you guys pulled it all together. You know, like really. It's it's a it's laudable. Do you ever like sit back and take a minute to be proud of yourselves? We we have done that before, yeah. Uh I feel like if I get wrapped up in how well things go, then the next minute it just it gets out of hand. <laughs> you know, cuz some days you have you have like the handful of days where you almost start to feel like, yeah, I really I really got this down. Like I am the PDM, you know, I am the insulin. And then the next day it just kicks you in the butt and you're like, I should not, I should have just let it be. I should have just waved at it as it went by. Should have never made a big fuss about it. <laughs> you feel like the world is seeing you celebrate and and, and karma's like, hold on, <laughs> we'll just, we'll fix this up for you. Just I, watch this. People say that all <laughs> the time. In. People say all the time, like the minute I take a screen capture and I share something with somebody, it goes wrong. <laughs> Yep. And uh, I, I, I'm sure that's just, you know, Murphy's Law. But, uh, you know, I, I don't imagine that you uh, celebrating what's going on is uh, is actually leading to another. By the way, if anyone thinks that, I think you should talk to a therapist. I believe there's there's a that's a mental illness. <laughs> so you can't you can't control the world with your thoughts. If you could, I'd yeah. be much taller and more handsome and younger. And I'd have more money. There'd be a lot that would change if I could just change the world with my thoughts, I think. Um, that's cool. You guys are just like a great, like, young family success story. It's really, really, really great to hear. Um, is there anything we didn't talk about that you were hoping we would? Uh, I wanted to let you know that when our second son was born, we named him Scott. Get out of here. Are you serious? You're lying. No, his name. His name's Gabriel. Damn it! I knew you were lying. <laughs> I knew it, and I let myself be excited anyway. That was mean, Tara. Okay. Dad told me to do it. Blame him. <laughs> you learned. That. I said it as I said it as a joke last night, and he was like, "No, you got to do it. He'll love it." You tell him I said. <laughs> I tell him I said. Off. That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> As you said it, I was like, she's kidding. And then I'm like, what if she's not kidding? And I don't act really happy about this. I've been asking people. Chad says hi, by the way. Well, yeah. Hi, Chad. Thanks a lot. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm Very so good. sorry. No, I couldn't help it. You did such a good job selling it. Are you a good liar generally? <laughs> no, not at all. You really leaned into it. You were very good. <laughs> That's excellent. Oh, I'm smiling so much. That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> good. Uh, that's fantastic. You guys planned that out. I appreciate that. 
I do. No problem. We're here for you, Scott. Uh, yeah, I could say it that uh, you guys are just there uh, as my little support system. I appreciate it. <laughs> I um I can't tell you how um, amazed and thrilled I am for how well things are going for you guys. And uh, I know your your start was rocky, but you guys really are are doing a great job. Just remember, tell Chad I said that kid's going to start growing and he's going to get hormones and things are going to happen. And he just has to, you guys just have to stay like just flexible and just move with it, meet the need and um, you'll be okay. You know, I will definitely pass that on. Yeah. But you've got some years before that kid starts popping up and really, I think putting on the bulk weight. (laughs) 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 I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to be like a little killer when he's seven. So I think you'll be okay for a little while. Uh, But that's really something. And congratulations on the baby. Baby Ga- Gabriel, you just, I knew even with like, myth- there's no way you were going to go to something not traditional. Like you guys have like, I mean, those are fairly biblical names that you've chosen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't going to go to Scott. I knew. <laughs> Damn it. I do have a cousin named Scott. That I doesn't know help me at all. Better. No, it doesn't. Oh, not okay. even one little bit. I should have just let it be. <laughs> I don't care about your cousin at all. What do you think of that? Unless he, <laughs> unless he gets diabetes and then tell him <laughs> I'd really like to talk to him. <laughs> well, he doesn't, but my mom is the middle child of three, and she has an older sister and uh, a younger brother, and neither one of them have ever developed it. She's mm-hmm. the only one on my side of the family that we have ever found that has it. I know we're never going to know the answer to this empirically on the podcast, but and I don't wish this on you, but I wonder if it's going to skip generations in your family. Like, I wonder if you... I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wonder if you'll be the grandmother of a type one one day or something like that. Not that I hope that happens. I'm just... I, it, You know, sometimes it's... Mm-hmm. You wish you had more time on the planet so you could step back and see how things really... You know what I mean? How they transpire. I, I don't know. I think mm-hmm. like that. But maybe other people don't. All I right. remember... Good. I remember Chad told me when they were in the diabetes class in the hospital. Like, the very first thing they told Chad was, this is not your fault. You did not, you know, pump him full of sugar and kill his pancreas. They were like, this, chances are this was going to happen. We just unfortunately didn't know. Um, And another thing they told him was at that time, at least, I don't know with all the research that's uh, been coming out in the past couple of years, that they believed that for a person to be able to develop type one is that the gene had to come from both parents. Really? But that's that's not the case. That's what our understanding, at that time, anyway, uh-huh. when he was first diagnosed, that's what our understanding of it was. So before I heard that, I was I was still at Fort Jackson. And so then when we found out and I had like my, uh, I had my breakdown moment, I, I thought that I gave it to him. Oh. And I was, I was devastated. I was like, you know, of course, hindsight, there's nothing that I could have done anyway, or that we could have done. Uh, like w- once the dial started being turned, I mean, he was developing it, but right, at right. that moment I was like, Oh my God, like, what did I do? Well, but it, th- thankfully didn't stay like in that, in that dark place for very long and right. was able to be picked back up by <laughs> like our friends and family and whatnot. Yeah. I, that just makes me super sad because you were disconnected by distance. Like, I, I mean, I get that you would feel that way, but to feel that way and not be able to see him or hold him or talk to him or anything, like, had to add to the despair, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It was not fun. No, I don't it was definitely it not was. fun. Wow. Oh, you guys, your story's terrific. I appreciate you fighting through the technical stuff. And I actually enjoyed the birds. Uh, you're, you're, the, you're now the third episode <laughs> with birds in the background. I have to tell you, I find it relaxing. So, oh, uh, nice. Yeah. There they are. <laughs> um, I can't wait to tell Jenny about this. <laughs> Please, like, message me when you talk to her. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell her that you named your baby after. <laughs> no, Do <just> it. <laughs> no, that would, she'd be so happy if somebody did that. It would break her heart if I told her no way. Oh, yeah. Okay. Don't do right, that. Yeah, yeah. But I can't wait to tell her the rest of this. And I genuinely hope that this other Jenny Smith comes on the podcast at some point. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah, I really now I want that very badly. All of a sudden, that's the most important thing in my life. <laughs> Get them both on at the same time. Well, and I seriously, so look, <laughs> this is not a like a flex. It would be a weird flex if it was, but I could send an email and find Jenny Smith and get her on the podcast, but I don't want to do that. 
Like, I want to see, like, I want to wait, like, this go up months from now. And, like, sometime in 2022, like, I just get this email and it's like, hi, I'm Jenny Smith. I'm going to be like, yes, I'm going to feel like, like we, like, won some long game. So, all right, (laughs) I will, I will let you go. I'm assuming you have a a home to build and, and a life to put together there in Texas. And I want to wish you a lot of luck. Seriously. I appreciate you uh, taking the time for all this, Scott. I know that you got a lot going on and. I know this is kind of like your gig, but I, I really do appreciate uh, being able to share share my side of it since Chad got to share his. Yeah. No, I thought it was important. I remember back when he was talking, thinking that I would want to hear from what it was like to be on the opposite side of that phone call. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled you did it. Yeah, don't thank me. Like, you know, people like you don't come on. The, there's no podcast. So um, <laughs> I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great day. You too, Scott. Thank you. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G O N dot com forward slash juice box. And I'd like to, of course, thank Tara for coming on the show and giving us her side of that diagnosis story. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of Bugling with Scott with his little mouth bugle. That would not be a very good podcast. If you're enjoying the Juice Box podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also enjoy it. And don't forget to subscribe and follow in your podcast app. Thanks so much for listening today. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.